Good morning. Good morning, family. Wanted to uh, let Morgan share a few words before I preach, although she could probably out-preach me. So, babe, go ahead. You knew he wasn't going to let the weekend go by without making me come up here. It is so awesome to be back with you guys and just wanted to personally say hey when uh, we drove in yesterday with Mallory was driving us, Bella said, this feels like home. And it just warmed my heart so much because that is what it feels like to us. Um, we are loving North Carolina. It is exactly where we've always wanted to be. Um, but when we come back here, it kind of feels like a kid who has gone away to college or gone away to the mission field or something. We come back and we feel family and so comfortable um, with you all. So we love being here. We only brought two of our kids. We'll come back and bring all of them. Um, but we have literally only been here for like 24 hours. So it's been awesome. All right. So let's have Morgan pray for the message so it's actually anointed. <laughs> so God will hear my prayers. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, we just thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in this body. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you want to do this morning, Lord. We thank you for your sweet, sweet presence here. We thank you for the worship. God, we thank you for the word that you want to bring. God, I pray that you anoint Jeremiah's lips, God, and just let it bless the hearts of the people here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who was able to attend any of the sessions at the Blow the Trumpet Conference online or here? Wave at me. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. <clears throat> As we left last night, I was able to catch a little bit of the end of the return event in Washington, D.C. Uh, I had some expectation coming here this weekend, not only for what God was going to do here, uh, but they're estimating between 50 to 100,000 gathered on the mall in D.C. last night. <clears throat> uh, some, friends, some friends that were there said, for as far as they could see, there was just groups on their faces all over the mall, crying out, travailing, asking God for forgiveness, repenting on behalf of our land. So I am greatly encouraged uh, this morning well, I'm going to do part three, and so what that means is if you missed part one or two, you can go to the Heart of the Father Ministry Facebook page. Both of my messages from Friday night and Saturday night are on there. Uh, this morning, I want to go deeper into the Issachar anointing. I talked uh, just briefly last night on the Sons of Issachar anointing. We begin to talk about how do we grow in discernment. I mentioned that I believe that one of the greatest needs in, of the hour is the ability to discern the true and the false, what is counterfeit and what is of God. And so I want to look a little deeper in the Word of God. I want to continue to share my heart. I believe God is after mobilizing we're supposed to be praying to the Lord of the harvest to send forth, in other words, to thrust forth laborers into the harvest fields. I believe this is one of our finest hours in America. Despite COVID-19 and the lockdowns, 
despite the silence of the lambs and having to put paper over our mouth, the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring and he's looking for a remnant to join him in the roar. The climate over Florida has been a little bit different than what I have been experiencing the last several months. If you follow me, we're out on the West Coast quite a bit. Uh, I've preached in churches where it was actually illegal to meet, according to the governor. I preached a place over the summer uh, where the governor called our ministry out by name and said that Jeremiah Johnson is a troubler of said state. Uh, we received death threats from Antifa, the BLM movement. We blocked thousands of people online who were raging against Christians meeting. Meanwhile, they can burn and loot and riot in the streets. There's an all-out attack on religious liberty in America. And God is looking for a people who are not woke. They are awake. We are awake to the purposes of God. There's a spiritual war raging in our nation. And God is releasing an Issachar anointing to his people. I believe he wants to release it this morning to the Hot FM family, to those who are in attendance. So we're about to throw down. Are you ready? Hope you ate your donuts, coffee, Wheaties. I know Lisa ate her Wheaties this morning. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we ask that your word would come forth in power. Jeremiah said your word's like a hammer, it's like a fire. Lord, I just pray that you would kindle something deep down on the inside of us. Lord, I pray that each of us would run the race that you've called us to run. Let's not worry about our neighbor. Let's just focus on where you want us right now in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. I have five specific earmarks of an Issachar anointing. We're going to look at who was Issachar. We're going to look at some scriptural references to the Issachar anointing. But 1 Chronicles 12, 32, there is some descriptions of each of the tribes. And it says in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, and to the sons of Issachar, Men who understood the times with knowledge. Another translation says, The sons of Issachar were those who understood the signs of the times and knew what Israel must do. If you have a highlighter or a pen, I think the most important language there is must do. It's just two words. Because all true discernment leads to action. All true discernment leads to action. In other words, God is looking to anoint a people in the earth that not only have key insight and understanding concerning what God is saying or doing, but they're actually ready to mobilize, they're ready to activate they're ready to do something about the problems that they see. How many of you know we don't need any more people in America 
that can rightly identify what's wrong with the church and in the same breath not want to do anything about it. Let me say that again. How many of you know we don't need any more prophetic people and intercessors? We don't need any more folks who can rightly say this is what's wrong with the church, but they don't want to, must do. If we have such an anointing to understand and to see and to discern, we should be a people who are strategizing, who are planning, who are coming up with ways to be the change that we so long to see in the church. Unfortunately, many folks get caught partnering with the accuser of the brethren they don't understand the very place that you see is weak is actually the very place that God has called you to stand in the gap and become strong. Lots of issues with America. Lots of issues with the church. My question this morning is, what are you going to do about it? Goes beyond social media posting. Goes beyond, I know what's wrong with America and I'm just going to relax. This is not an hour in the earth to check out. This is an hour in the earth to check in. This is not an hour to run and hide. This is an hour to arise and shine. We went after last night what it really means to be born of the Spirit. To not have to waste any more time trying to fit in when God has really called us to stand out. I also want to look at Daniel 11 verse 32. So we've looked at 1 Chronicles 12 32. The sons of Issachar anointed to understand the times and the seasons look at your neighbor and say what time is it we're not talking about it being 11:15 what time is it in the earth the scriptures speak of chronos time which where we get the word chronological and then there's kairos time that speaks to the specific We have never lived in a moment in history like this before. A lot of times when people have said that in the past, it's more of tongue-in-cheek. But you can truly say right now, with breath in your lungs in 2020, the world has never seen anything like this before. There has never been so much global unrest. There has never been such a Marxist, socialistic agenda being pushed in America. And God wants to raise up a people in the church who operate in an Issachar anointing that are not going to sit back and say, oh well, they're going to begin to mobilize and get on the front lines. They're going to begin to pioneer and come up up with ideas and solutions that we so desperately need. Thank God for Amy Coney Barrett. Daniel eleven thirty two. 32, Daniel's having visions of 
the demonic realm scholars will tell you he's having some kind of visions of the end days lots of theological eschatological uh, debates and opinions but it says in Daniel 11:32 and by smooth words he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant but the people who know their god will display strength and take action i said that the most important two words in the chronicles passages must do and right here in daniel chapter 11 verse 32 the most important two words are take action god wants to come and break the spirit of Delilah in the American church. So many are used to the spirit of Jezebel, but I'm telling you, there is a Delilah spirit alive in 2020 that has come to cause the American church to just veg out on Netflix, to try to get us to compromise our time. When people are stressed, when they are burdened, when they can't pay their bills, when the world is going like this and that, where are we running to? Are we running to our God? Are we recognizing that He's a strong tower, that when we grow weary, we can run to Him? God wants to raise up a remnant in America who know who their God is, who find strength in Him. And out of finding strength in Him, they are propelled, they are mobilized. They get in the game. They don't sleep any longer. It's amazing in the book of Judges. It says that when Samson was lulled to sleep by Delilah. And then they break in the Philistines and he tries to wake up. The scriptures say he did not know the spirit had left him. When you walk down a path of lethargy and apathy and just doing what you can to get by, there is a spirit that comes upon you like Delilah that comes to seduce your convictions. It tries to come and get you to compromise what you know is the truth. And I've come by the Spirit of God today to sound the alarm and tell you that Delilah is on the prowl. She is seeking a Samson-type army who are called as Nazarites, radical devotion to Jesus, end-time messengers, prophets and evangelists. They are firebrands. They sing one octave too loud for the religious. Is anybody awake this morning? Jesus comes to the church at Sardis and he says, You have the appearance of being alive, but really you're dead. Does that describe you or I this morning? 
Does that describe a church in America that's just trying to get by till COVID-19 is over? Folks, I'm telling you, this is the hour to engage. Convictions and truth and true discernment are being forfeited because we would rather self-preserve our lives rather than self-deny. 2020 is not about preserving your conveniences or your comforts. 2020 is about denying yourself and beginning to partner with the Spirit of God. How can I make an impact in the world around me? God, how can I get into racial reconciliation? God, how can I help fight a modern-day holocaust called abortion? God, how can I get involved in the sex slave trade industry where America is now number one? How about how can I protect my own kids and my own home from watching filth on the television? How can mom and dad, how can grandma and grandpa begin to build a wall around their home and around their families? This is the hour to rise. They know their God and will display strength and take action. And those who have insight among the people will give understanding to many. This is the Issachar anointing in action. It is those who know their God. It is those who take strength in Him. It is those, I'm telling you, some of us that think we're prophetically anointed. And what that means is we're just good at criticizing the church. That is not the real prophetic anointing. The real prophetic anointing produces solutions. The real prophetic anointing stands in the gap where they see weakness and they actually do something about it. God is calling a generation of prophets out of their caves from hiding. And he is welcoming them to a dining room table called family. Quiet in here. Those who have insight among the people will give understanding to many. But in Daniel's day, yet they will fall by sword and by famine, by captivity and by plunder for many days. I believe that by refusing to operate in an Issachar anointing. Now, I sometimes don't like prophetic lingo like, okay, buddy, what in the world is an Issachar anointing? Let's just shift gears and call it a watchman anointing. Okay, that's too kooky as well. Okay, what about mom and dad, grandpa and grandma? If you see evil, if you see darkness, if you see people that that are in danger and you don't do or say anything about it, 
Are you an accomplice to that darkness? If you saw a wolf out on the street and you knew it was coming for your family and you just thought to yourself, oh, oh, well, I guess I'll just go in the back room and watch television. If you knew there was a wolf called COVID-19, if you knew there was a wolf called abortion, sex slave trade, homosexual agenda, I mean, if you knew that there were all these demonic ideologies and strongholds, and we just like an ostrich go and throw our head in the sand and act like nothing is happening, is our silence actually becoming our sin? Because I, I totally get it how easy it is to embrace an American dream where I just work and I try to take care of my family and I have dreams of owning a couple of things and I'm just going to let the world out there do their thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'll vote. We just think the church should stay out of politics. Well, my question is, how has that treated us so far? How has the church's desire to stay out of important issues in society, how's that working for us? Actually, it's not working for us. We're as compromised in here as we are out there. As I said on Friday night, we have become neutralized. We no longer have a voice in the city square because we're compromised in the house of God. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. If you see evil, if you know about evil, if you see demonic ideologies and agendas, God didn't show you that so you could say, wow, that's interesting. God didn't show you that all the time so that you could just go pray about it. I thank God for prayer and intercession, but I'm also thankful for people who plowed in the place of prayer and then they called people who they knew were mobilizers and saw the word of the Lord multiply. I want to encourage some intercessors in here. Sometimes you know your calling is not necessarily front lines publicly, although you really are front lines privately. If you become convinced that God is giving you strategy, if he's giving you direction for those who maybe have more of a front line public approach, I want to encourage you, get on the phone, get on the email, call someone. Do you love your friends and family? How many of you hate evil? If we could just save one at the abortion clinic. If we could just be a little bit more aware at the mall, maybe we could save the girl who's been trafficked for five years. Lord, wake up our spiritual senses. 
Lord, put a spirit inside of us this morning that helps us to realize we can stay on the sidelines no longer. We're in a war in America and God is bidding a remnant Get on the front lines, find strength in me. Let me pour out an Issachar anointing upon you and watch what happens. Is this okay? If you have your notes, I want to give you five points for this Issachar anointing. I'm going to share some scriptures and do some reading with us because I really believe that God wants to anoint this house And he wants to anoint anyone who's here to step into this anointing to discern the times and the seasons. So let's see about Issachar. Who was Issachar? He was the ninth son of Jacob. The sons of Issachar were known as valiant men who stood with their brothers in war. Judges 5.15, 1 Chronicles 7.5. We learn from Talmudic writings and Jewish scholars that they were considered to be experts in the law. The tribe of scholars, this tribe of scholars, the sons of Issachar, studied the Torah intently and could advise leaders about what the Word of God had to say regarding particular issues And about going into battle. Now I just want to park here just for two minutes. Remember the sons of Issachar got their discernment from where? If you were here last night I literally cranked on that thing about so hard half of you lost your voice from shouting. We get true discernment not from our feelings, not from the media, not from our pain. True discernment can only come from the Word of God. Because it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-double-edged sword. If I'm not living in the Word, I disqualify myself... And this is where prophetic, they don't, we don't like it because we just want our dreams and visions and our feelings and we don't actually want the word of God. So the sons and daughters of Issachar, they advise their nation concerning the word. Can I advise you this morning concerning the word? Is that okay? If it's not, I'm going to do it anyways. Nowhere in Scripture does God promise peace and prosperity to a nation or a person who openly rebels against God. There is is no more dreams or visions or present day revelation concerning the future of America. It doesn't matter how hope-filled it is. It doesn't matter how what kind of imagination and how many shares on Facebook or Instagram. It doesn't matter what kind of appeal that it has. When you slaughter 60 million babies in a nation, you welcome the judgment of God upon the land. 
Like that's non-negotiable. That doesn't need to be debated. When you legalize homosexual marriage in America, you are opening up the door for the judgment of God to come upon a nation. We don't need to prophesy. We don't need to dream. We need to look at the word of God. Because th- I don't want you to leave her like, oh man, the sons in Issachar, I got to throw six bucks in the offering or do three hula hoops and it'll just come on me. I'm telling you, if you're already in the word of God and you understand this baby right here, you're already operating in an Issachar anointing. You already understand from the canon of Scripture what will happen to a person and a nation that openly rebels against God. I don't even have to be some kind of prophet to stand up here and tell you America is in trouble. But my greater concern is the American church is in trouble. Because the world is a reflection of the church. This is the problem. We want to blame them out there when really it's us in here. The only, it's where we went last night, the only hope for the world is the church. The answer to a compromised world is a burning church. It's a church with conviction. It's a church that preaches the word of God. It's a church that makes disciples, not logs, how many people came in and how many services we had. None of that matters in the sight of God. Will we be found faithful in an hour of crisis in this nation to be that church that's full of the fire of God, that's full of the light and hope that's only found in Christ? Like the Lord has said 60 ways this weekend, is your life founded upon the word of God? Where are you getting your conviction? Where are you getting your discernment? If it's from the media, if it's from your past, if it's from your feelings, you are in danger of straying away from the purposes of God for your life. The sons and daughters of Issachar studied the Torah. They advised leaders about what the word of God had to say regarding particular issues. People keep asking me all the time, what would you say if you stood before Donald Trump? What kind of dream or vision would you give him? Nothing. I would give him the word of God as I would give any other leader. We need the word of God. Amen? They were also known as keepers of the Hebraic calendar. For they charted the movements of celestial bodies to observe the times for the holy feasts. One of their tribal standards had the image of the sun, moon, and stars, an indicator of the anointing of Issachar. But before you get quacky, hang in there. Though they studied the movements of the heavenly bodies, they were not sorcerers or astrologists who charted stars for occult practices. 
Rather, they interpreted the signs in the heavens as designed by God. To me, one of my favorite all-time memories at Heart of the Father, I've told this story before, is about when Morgan and I went to the Cheesecake Factory some years ago and ran into a woman, the waiter, who said that she had a gift of reading people. And I said, that's awesome, I have that gift too. You go first and then I'll go. And she starts appealing to the sun, the moon, and the stars, studying astrology, trying to get me to give my sign. I told her I get my intelligence from the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God. To make a long story short, she ends up coming to church over off of Pipkin Road all those years ago and gave her life to Jesus Christ. There was an article in Charisma Magazine several years ago that guesstimated based off of a survey that three in seven Christians that they had surveyed in the last year had consulted a psychic. I don't know like the spheres of, of where you travel, but have you met anyone in 2020 that's really disturbed and depressed about what's happening in the earth? Y'all realize the suicide rates are up? There was more suicides in Tennessee than corona cases. The drunkenness, I mean, now we're starting to see the aftermath. Now the statistics are coming out of this thing wasn't about a virus. There will for years and years and years be humanity that will suffer as a regard of the lockdown. But in a world, they're, they're, they're gasping for breath. They're looking for someone to try to frame what, can you help me to like place this in any kind of find strength? And then for people, though, who find strength in their God and are ready to take action, they're kind of flipped out because you and I are excited. We're like kind of giddy in 2020 because we're not afraid and we're not scared. We've embraced what the Spirit of God is doing in a nation and we're ready to mobilize. We're ready to lay hands on the sick. We're ready to cast out any kind of devil. I mean, I'm telling you, in hours of crisis, it reveals what you and I really believe. Praise the Lord. God is good. And then you hit turbulence in your marriage. Someone, a family member is dying of cancer. Is God still good? Help us, Lord. So number one, how we doing? Number one, sons of Issachar are anointed for prophetic discernment. The words understand and know are both the Hebrew word yada, which means to know, to perceive, to discern, to distinguish, to discriminate, to know by experience, 
to be skillful, to be wise. This was not merely book knowledge, but also personal understanding and prophetic revelation that were applied experientially. They had the power as a unique breed of prophetic people in Israel to see and to know. Number two, the sons and daughters of Issachar are anointed for intercession. So when you begin to step into this Issachar anointing that I believe is so desperately needed in the earth today, you begin to function in discernment that I largely talked about last night. But secondly, they're anointed for intercession. Before Jacob died, he blessed each of his sons prophetically. And he imparted understanding about the anointing of each one's prophecy. He prophesied this about Issachar. Issachar is a strong donkey. Does anyone still want this? Yeah, some wives are like, yep, that's him. He's a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. He saw that rest was good and that the land was pleasant and bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. I think that this is such a powerful picture of someone that is anointed with the Issachar anointing, they're anointed for intercession. In other words, we can plow and we can travail and we can pray into the secret place and get divine intelligence ahead of time before something even arrives. Kim Clement prophesied years ago that God would raise up a man and he would put three Supreme Court justices in place. Amy Coney Barrett is number three. In 2018, Charlie Shamp prophesied that God would raise up Amy Coney Barrett as a Deborah in this nation who would make righteous decisions. There are so many, pro I know some of us are skeptical, all of those kinds of things, but I'm telling you, there's a place in intercession where we go before the throne room of God and we begin to bear the burden of a nation, but just touching on the American dream, it's hard to get a burden from God when you're just consumed about you and yours. That's the kind of Delilah spirit I'm talking about. People are put to sleep by only being concerned about what's in front of them and what they can touch versus God is inviting. He's inviting, what if Hot FM? What if whatever church, what if a group of people began to take on a prophetic burden for their city? 
What if you began to take on a burden from God for lost family members? What if it just wasn't about you and I anymore? What if we begin to recognize, God, come and anoint me like a donkey? What if God is not looking for any more superstar Christians? What if God is looking for donkeys that he can ride upon into every city in America? What if it wasn't about celebrity status anymore? What if the real ones with the Issachar anointing didn't have the public platforms? What if you could actually legislate change in the secret place and no one ever knew your name? Come on now. A lot of famous people out there that will have no treasure in heaven. A lot of people out there, you never heard their name. They'll be on the front line because they were faithful to what God called them to. What I just read, if you like to take notes, was from Genesis 49, 14. This picture does not suggest glamour, calling someone a donkey. It is a rather peculiar-looking animal and spends its life working hard, carrying the burdens of others. But in truth, the donkey is a special animal in Scripture. It's a picture of those called to bear burdens in the Spirit as watchmen and intercessors. It's a symbol of prayer, strength, and humility. Issachar intercessors are not lifted up in pride, but remain humble in the midst of their strength. They are hard workers, willingly bowing their shoulders to bear the burden. God, anoint us with intercession in this hour. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. God, we're asking that you would anoint us with the spirit of intercession. God, anoint us with true discernment in this hour. God, we ask that you would mobilize the church. God, I just pray that you would, you would shift our mindsets. I, 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 I feel from the spirit of God, so many of you, you're... You're having a mental block because you're thinking too big. I'm talking about God putting a, a, a burden on you for a neighborhood in your city and you're just driving your car around and you've got a burden. You have no idea what's going on in that neighborhood, but you've been anointed to intercede. Lord, help us to be practical. Help us to partner with you. Is there a college campus you can begin to circle? Is there a city? Is there a family member you can commit to fast and pray for? Number three. Anointed with humility ties in with what we've been talking about. The Issachar anointing, anointed for discernment, 
anointed for intercession, anointed with humility. We see in Numbers 22 a picture of an Issachar intercessor. It's the story of Balaam's donkey. You guys remember this story. I believe that it, it is a prophetic word about what I'm talking about. Balaam represents the superstar prophet in that day who didn't have the word of the Lord. God actually spoke through a donkey. As I began to pray about this months ago, as God began to show me what I'm preaching to you this morning, God began to show me during 2020, He has been preparing messengers in the wilderness. There are no name people that you and I have never heard of, which is fantastic, that God has been preparing. When God is about to do something great in a generation, He does not go to the stadiums, He goes to the stables. Come on, I'm trying to deliver some of us from the stargazing, oh, God can't use me unless I have 100,000 followers on Facebook. Bulloney. God wants to use you and equip you in your sphere of influence. You can literally change your workplace. You can change your family, your parenting by stepping into this anointing. But it was Balaam's donkey bowed down in humility who gave the word of the Lord. I believe that there is a changing of the guard in the church. God has been effectively shutting down superstar ministries. And we're going to see the emergence of moms and dads, grandpas. And they, they're going to carry the word of the Lord with startling accuracy. So many of you go to a meeting looking for a word from a big time prophet. And it's actually the old lady on the back row that's about to light you up. It's the six-year-old kid who's going to come up and say so. It's your kids who are trying to give you the word of the Lord, but because in your mind they don't fit the description, you're missing it. Number four, anointed for war. Samson used the jawbone of a donkey. To slay a thousand Philistines. The mouths of Issachar intercessors have the power to slay many enemies as they wield their sword of the word of the Lord. God is calling a generation anointed for war who are willing to bear the burden to prepare the way for his return. Yes, they will be prophetic with keen vision of the spirit realm, but they will be humble, they will be hardworking, they will live lives having victory in the mundane. Are you anointed for war? And number five, for a twist, they're anointed for prosperity. Now I'm going to stretch your faith a little bit. 
When the Israelites were coming out of Egyptian bondage, God organized them into warring tribes according to their family lines. Each had a redemptive gift that would be used to possess the promised land and drive out the enemy. Moses also spoke prophetically regarding each tribe. Regarding Issachar, he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and Issachar in your tents. They shall call the peoples to the mountain. They shall offer sacrifices of righteousness. For they shall partake of the abundance of the seas and the treasures hidden in the sand. Deuteronomy 33. I believe by what God has been revealing to me that he wants to break a spirit of poverty off of those who operate in an Issachar anointing. I believe that what COVID-19 has ushered in, and I'm hearing this from all over the nation, there have been so many entrepreneurs, there has been so many smaller churches that have been faithful and obedient to all that God has said, and they have suffered financially again and again. What we are witnessing during COVID-19 for many, not all, is an unusual favor that is now coming upon people because of their faithfulness. There's a story of a small church in Texas of about 40 people. The preacher faithfully preaches the word of God every Sunday and works about five jobs trying to take care of his family. One day a cattle farmer walks in the back and just listens and drops a check in the offering. The check that the guy wrote paid the church's bills for two years. You know what the memo said? Thanks for being open. Do you realize there's a max mass exodus happening in the American church where people's churches have no plans of opening till 20 whatever all these different people are beginning to literally flee out of all of these mega churches that have been overrun by a spirit of fear and they are beginning to flood into churches and ministries. They are beginning to give large amounts of money. Business people that I'm talking to have more worth than they've ever had in their entire life. I believe there's a prosperity that will come upon the Issachar anointing by the Spirit of God. I hope you want it just as much about prayer as money. Please. I'm not promising you wealth and possessions. They're going to burn up in the fire anyways. I hope that any kind of prosperity God gives you would be used to advance the kingdom of God. The wealth of the wicked is stored up in storehouses. 
I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of money stored up in America that's about to be unleashed for this new era for kingdom purpose. Would you pray this morning as we close? Would you agree with me that the Spirit of God would do something on the inside of us and I'm going to pray a dangerous prayer while I pray, and if you don't like it, just say I bind it in the name of Jesus, okay? Because I'm going to pray a spirit of unrest. Okay. God has given me an anointing to break up fallow ground. I'm not the kind of guy that comes in and you know, it's all about peace and prosperity normally. Normally, when the Lord sends me into places, there's this type of irritation, a holy frustration, a rubbing of sandpaper, where the intention after the weekend is you're going to have to wrestle with God. You're going to have to pray again. You're going to have to take a look at that again and just say, Lord, where is it that you want me in 2020? Would you pray with me? Some of you, I believe this weekend has been very critical. Because there are major things that God wants you to do before 2020 is up. God, in Jesus' name, I break the power of any influence of Delilah in this room. And Lord, what that just simply means is we come against lethargy. We come against compromise. We come against apathy. We bind the spirit of seduction. Lord, I pray for grace to delete subscriptions that we've started during COVID-19, that we should have never opened up. God, I'm asking, Lord, that your word once again would become central in our lives. God, I ask for fire to fall on devotional lives. Come on, you pray. You pray. You pray. God, make it real to me. Lord, let people's faces flash before us. Lord, let assignments be released in this house. Lord, deliver us from self-preservation. We're in a good place right now. Let's just wait before him. If you want to wait, you want to pray in the Holy Spirit. Let's seal this weekend together in the presence of the Lord.
Come on, just partner with him. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Just yield to him. He'll show you. He'll speak to you. He'll correct you. How can we partner with you, God? This weekend during the conference, there's been a scripture out of Proverbs 2 because so much the word discernment just keeps coming up and sometimes we're not really clear what that is, how we get it. And then this morning, it's just like I just feel like the Lord just keeps putting it on my heart that that chapter and Jeremiah mentioned so many times. And he didn't talk about it last night. The way we get discernment, it's from the word of God. No one's going to lay hands on you and give you discernment. Nobody. It's not going to come that way. Let's see what the word of God says about how discernment comes. Proverbs 2, please go home and get on your knees and cry out to the Lord discernment. You need it. I need it. This is what I do. I get on my knees and lift up my voice. Proverbs 2 says, my son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, this is not a beat down. If you have not been faithful to the word of God, don't receive this as a beat down. He loves us. He corrects us because he loves us. But we need the word of God and we need to know what he says. Treasure. Treasure. What do you treasure? I treasure Jesus. I treasure my husband. I treasure my children. They are precious to me. Do we treasure his word? Do we love to think about it? Treasure my commandments with you. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, and lift up your voice for understanding. Did you hear that? Lift up your voice. God, I need discernment. I need to know what you're saying. Proverbs 123 says, turn at my rebuke and I will pour out my spirit and make known to you my words. If his word is like reading the newspaper, then we need to turn at his rebuke and he said he will pour out his 
sorry, I lost my place. If you seek her as silver, if you search for her as hidden treasure, man, that sounds like getting out a shovel and digging. That sounds like hard work. That's not going to fall on you. That's going to be you taking time out of your life to get the shovel out and start digging on your knees with the word of God. That's how it's going to come. If you have children, I beg of you to do this because you need to know what's going on in their lives. And only the Holy Spirit can show you. You have got to have discernment in these times. If you seek for her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then, then after you do all of that, then you're going to have discernment. It won't happen before then. After you search and you cry and you lift up your voice and you dig and you make it a priority and you consider his word as a treasure and something that is vitally important, it's like your very breath. God's word is more important than our breath. If we have, don't have this, we do not have any life at all. And no life, no breath is worth anything if it's not the word of God. Because this is what eternity is based on. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For he, the Lord, gives wisdom from his mouth. You have to get pretty close to somebody to hear what's coming out of their mouth. You got to get pretty close. The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of the godly ones. Godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and judgment and equity and every good course, for wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul, and discretion and discernment will guard you. It will protect you. It will protect you. It will protect your children. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of the evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, and from those who leave the paths of unrighteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. This is our protection. This is our protection. I beg you to cry out to the Lord for wisdom, for discernment. Can we stand? We lift up our hands to the Lord. Lord, we cry out for discernment in this hour. 
God, come and separate our opinions, our feelings, any trauma in the past. God, let our discernment be founded upon your word. God, we pray for protection and wisdom for our marriages, our children, our grandchildren. Lord, more than just flippantly making decisions about should we have a baby, should we move, could they go play at that house. God, I'm asking for real discernment to guide our lives. That we would get out of our own way. That's Allison to sing this song as we go. I want to thank you for having us this weekend. You can visit Claudia in the lobby for conversation or something you might want. God bless you. The altars are open. Please be mindful of your neighbor. Allison, would you take it away? Jesus, you
ask Allison to continue to play. If you're at the altar, you can remain up here, but just want to give an official uh, release, a closing of the service this afternoon. If you're praying, though, you can continue to pray. And Allison will play for just a little bit longer, but we love you all. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.